powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're taking over. Up, let's go. Let's make our confession of faith together. I'm ready to hear, then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, speak to us now. Can I get you to put worship in the atmosphere in this building and online for just a moment? Come on, God, we're ready to receive. We need to hear from you. We need you to speak to us today. God, don't let us leave this experience the same way we came. So in anticipation of receiving your word, we release fear, we release anxiety, we release panic, we release fear, we release anxiety, we release panic, and we receive your word, we receive your hope, we receive your promise today. In Jesus' name, say these words, say, Lord, speak to me. I'm ready. In Jesus' name. So let's go to work. Uh, we're in this series called She's a Bad Mama Jama. What are we doing? We're getting some lessons from some ladies of the Bible. Last Sunday, I introduced you to a woman named Hannah. And that set the tone for the month we're in. Hannah was a woman who was provoked by a woman that became her rival that should have been on her team. Do understand that most of your resistance is going to come from your relatives. Do understand that most of your resistance is going to come from people who should be on your team. I need you to stop getting surprised when people that should be for you are against you. Sometimes God has to allow the, the pain to come close to you so you learn how to take a licking and keep on ticking. So that you learn how to be stabbed in the back and while you're bleeding, you're still making progress. So that while you've been betrayed, you can be like Jesus and say, you know what? You may have meant this for evil, but God is going to use this thing for my good. Matter of fact, Judas, can you hurry up and do what it is that you're doing? Because what you thought was going to take me out is about to bring me up. So Hannah had a rival, and the, Han and the rival's name was Penina. And we learned last week that Penina's name, it literally means to be a pearl. And we learned that a pearl is formed when an irritant enters an oyster, and then to for the oyster to begin to deal with that irritant, it literally begins to coat that irritant. And I taught you last week that that irritant, that Penina, is literally what pushed Hannah into producing something. And I need everybody to hear me. What's been aggravating you is getting ready to elevate you. Y'all ain't going to talk. What has been frustrating you is getting ready to cause you to see your favor. I need you to know that without any resistance, there is no growth. And I need you to stop whining about your resistance. And I need you to start celebrating your resistance. Nobody goes to the gym and says, I want to get stronger, but I don't want to put in on any weight on me. In other words, anytime I feel resistance, anytime I feel pressure, anytime I feel weight, that's God saying, I'm making you better. I'm making you stronger. It was because of Penina that uh, Hannah was able to produce Samuel and everybody listen to me this is your month of Samuel what does that mean the Bible says that Hannah's womb was closed and she could not have a child but after Penina provoked her the Bible says that it pushed Hannah into a place where she was producing stuff she thought she never produced I feel so sorry for those people that thought you were gonna fall down and die what they did not understand is what they were doing to try to take you out is about to make you stand up 
what they were doing to make you stumble is about to make you finally get your footing. I wish I had somebody in the building that understood your Panina was for your good. Your Judas was for your good. Your haters were to elevate you. So literally, she names her son Samuel, and she says, because I asked for him of the Lord. In other words, God gave me exactly what I asked for, but I never would have asked for it if I had not been provoked. I never would have prayed had I not been provoked. Can I be honest with you? Your greatest changes in life came on the heels of somebody provoking you. Y'all ain't going to talk, please, y'all. Watch me. You know why you're so spiritual today? It's because you had a whole lot of paninas in your life. And when you couldn't run to anybody else, you learned how to run to God. When you couldn't run to anybody else, you learned how to get to God. And I need everybody to hear me. It's about to pay off. I need you on the count of three to open up your mouth and put a praise in this atmosphere. One, two, three, go. Yep. You shouldn't have messed with me. You shouldn't have started nothing with me. You shouldn't have frustrated me. You shouldn't have aggravated me. You have just pushed me. Somebody say, I got pushed. Say it again, I got provoked. So listen, so listen. Uh, today, I want to introduce you to another bad mama jama. Her name is Rahab. And fellas, let's remember, this series is not just about women. Earlier this year, I did one called Bad Boys of the Bible, where we learned principles from men in the Bible. And now we're learning from the bad mama jamas of the Bible, you understand? She's a bad mama jama, just as saved as she can be. Look. Her prayer measurements. No, listen. Okay, look. <laughs> so look. So, so today, I want to introduce you to Rahab. And these lessons are for men and for women. So don't, fellas, think that this isn't a series for you. If, you're, if we're very honest, there's a lot you can learn uh, from every woman we're going to look at this month because the principles are universal. They work for anybody that'll work them. All right? So today, I want to introduce you to somebody who has a little bit of infamy, has a little bit of scandal, has a little bit of late-night TV on her name, has showtime after 1130. Listen. Her name is Rahab. Say it with me. Rahab. Mm -mm, you got to say it like I said it. Rahab. Now, Rahab in the Bible actually has three different meanings. So let me teach you. One, it's an epithet for Egypt. In other words, they talked about Egypt. And because Rahab's name was associated, listen, with prostitution and whoredom, they called Egypt a Rahab because they were trying to call Egypt a whore and whoredom and prostitution. So sometimes you will see Egypt referred to as Rahab. The second meaning for Rahab in the Bible means a storm or a sea monster. You see that in Job 9 and 13, Job 26 and 12. When you see the word Rahab, it's referring to this storm that came up out of the ocean. And the storm was such a beast, they called her a Rahab. Okay, let's go. The storm was so intense, they called it a Rahab. Come on, I need you to read in between the lines because I can't say it in church. The storm was such a beast. The storm came in with such fury that they called it a Rahab, thinking they were saying something negative about it, not realizing what you're saying is that she didn't fear the storm, she was the storm. And I need for some of y'all to hear me. It's what you've been through that makes you unafraid of some of what you're facing. Ah! See, so when people try to throw stuff at you, you're like, listen, I've already overcome worse than that. I'm not scared of that. When people say go to hell, you can say, I've already been through hell, and I came out looking at ice cream cone. Do they have any new right? You can't scare me with something that I am bigger and better than. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I need you to open your mouth. Come on, Levitine. Let's go hood. Say, I ain't never scared. <laughs> Means I'm not afraid of a storm. I am one. So if you mess with me, I'm about to blow you down, y'all. I need some of y'all, listen, when you, were, when you were in the world, you were much more aggressive than now you're a Christian. And I need you to get your fight back. I need you to get your gladiations back. I need you to get your strength back. I need you to stop saying the devil is busy. No, baby, you get busy. I need you to stop talking about what's going wrong and start being the storm and turn some stuff right. Open your mouth, shout, I am the storm. I'm not afraid of a liar. I know how to shut it down. <laughs> you ain't afraid of starting over. You've already had to do it. <laughs> Come on here. You're not afraid of losing everything. Here's what this, that this year has taught you. That even if you lose something, if you got God, you got all you need to rebuild. 
I need to know if there's some survivors in this room where you've already had to go through some stuff that now has given you a strength and other people look at you and say, how are you that strong? Baby, I paid for this strength. How do you have that much tenacity? I paid for this tenacity. Ah! And if you mess with me, I might turn into a monster. Listen, I... And that doesn't mean I'm negative. That doesn't mean that I, I retaliate. That means I can go up in the spirit. See, some of y'all, you are a monster in the spirit. What does that mean? You know how to pray until things change. You know how to worship until things change. You know how to give until things change. And it was because of what Penina did to you that you... Okay. Here's, here's the third meaning of Rahab. It's a woman we're introduced to in Joshua 2. In Joshua chapter 2, verse number 1, we learn that Joshua now is at the helm of the children of Israel, the Hebrews. Now, Moses has died, and in Joshua chapter 1, the Bible says, Now the Lord spoke to Joshua, Moses' servant. Interesting, he still called him Moses' servant after Moses was dead because there's a principle about honor and submission in leadership there. So now, in chapter 2, Joshua has taken over. And the Lord says to him in chapter 1, Be strong and courageous. In other words, he says, What you're going to face is going to try to wear you out. What you're going to face is going to try to take you down. What you're going to face is going to try to make you think, watch me, you have a telephobia. That is the fear of not being good enough. And I rebuke your telephobia. I speak to you and tell you not only do you have this, but you're going to be victorious in this. There's a reason we were just talking about we win a moment ago. Why? Because you're going to face some stuff that's going to make you think I might lose. Mm. But I came to tell you, you will not. I the Bible says he always leads us in the triumph. Which means even if it looks like I'm losing, I got a lesson which still means I won. So here we are, Joshua. Joshua is the son of Nun. Can I teach for a moment? Nun uh, in Hebrew means limitations. So Joshua was a man that knew limitations. So God gave him a man of God, Moses, to break him out of his limitations. He says, your father taught you how to live in a box. I need to give you to a man that has no box. Come on. Your father and your bloodline taught you how to be, uh, do things in a way to where you could not get outside of where you grew up. You could not get outside of the curses you lived in. So I gave you to Moses, and Moses' name means to draw out. So watch this, Joshua. Moses drew out you of you another you that you didn't know was in you. See, this is why we come to church, because there's another you in you that has to be drawn out of you. And I'm going to tell you the best you is about to break out. The best you is about to break out. And some people are going to say, I don't recognize you no more. And you need to tell them, I'm glad you don't. Because, baby, this is the best me that's coming for. This. So here it is. Joshua now, he's getting ready to deal with the battle. And Joshua's a military leader. He starts as Moses' servant, his assistant. And he then evolves into being this militaristic leader. See, Moses was merciful, but Joshua was militant. Moses was Dr. King. Hear me. <laughs> Joshua was Malcolm X. Moses said, nonviolent, nonviolent. <laughs> Moses said, uh, Joshua said, by any means necessary. I'm just trying to help you understand the illustration. So, so Joshua, he literally makes it his business to, to conquer kings. If I listen, if you're going to take territory in life, you have to conquer kings. Which is why since childhood, you've, already had, you've always had to fight things that have been way bigger than you. Mm, let me try to talk to y'all because I ain't talking. Since you've been a kid, you've always had to deal with things bigger than you. For some of you, you were the parent to your parent. Okay, let me talk over here. Since you were a child, you've had to deal with things bigger than you because it was preparation for what your next was going to look like. Because God says, you're about to take territory. That means you're going to be the first one to do it in your bloodline. Why? You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. You're the history maker in your bloodline. You're the line crosser in your bloodline. You're the boundary breaker in your bloodline. And so since you've been a child, he's been training you. Come on. Since you've been a child, he's been preparing for you. That's why many of you had to deal with stuff as a child that almost broke your heart. But then God says, give me your heart and I'll put that thing back. Together. So Joshua now, if we look at Joshua, he's the son of Nun, and he takes territory by killing kings. He takes territory by killing kings. And here's what God said. I've given it to you, but go fight. Now, that's a, that's, that's a whole word right there. Because, God, if you've given it to me, why isn't it easy? <laughs> who in here and who online? Who online? Do the hand wave emoji online. Where you hand in the building? Where you be like, God, if this is you, why is it hard? Listen, everybody listen to me. Stop thinking that what the easy road is is God's road. In fact, can I tell you more often than not, what God's will is harder. 
Okay, let me give you scripture to back that up. Jesus, while he's on his way to Golgotha, Calvary, the scripture says he falls down into the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane is a Greek word that means pressing and blessing at the same time. The same thing that's pressing on me is the same thing that's blessing me. He falls down in the garden. The Bible says he begins to have hemodrosis. Hemodrosis is where he began to have great sweat drops of blood because the capillaries in his body were beginning to burst and the vessels in his body were beginning to burst because he was under so much stress and under so much pressure that the blood couldn't do anything but fall down. What I love about it is that every place his blood was dropped, the Bible says that the blood is an instrumentation of redemption, which means he had to shed his blood in a garden. Why? To buy the Garden of Eden back for us. Eden in the Bible means the land of voluptuous living, which means he had to shed his blood in a garden so he could take me back to Eden so that I was living on top. I, every place you've shed some blood, God says, you didn't shed that blood for nothing. You shed that blood to buy you something. He says, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. If it's possible, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I know it's your will, but your will is hard. Mm. I know it's your will, but your will is hard. Mm. I know it's your will, but your will is hard because I've never been separated from you. <laughs> we are one, so I've never been separated from myself. What is it for me to have to be fragmented from my own self? What is it for me to be over there, over there, over there, over there? What is it for me to be fragmented and separated from myself? I've never done this before. And for many of you, your next is going to require you to do something you've never done before. But when you do what you've never done, you're going to receive what you've never received. And I wish you acted like these next 12 months of your life are going to be some months you've never seen before. Why? Because I'm about to do something I've never, ever done before. So Jesus says, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. It's your will, but your will is hard. It's your will, but your will is going to mean for three days I'll look like a failure. It's your will, but for three days I'll look like a loser. It's your will, but for three days everybody's going to be talking about me. See, see, I knew they was lying. I knew it wasn't going to happen. I knew it wasn't going to happen. And for some of you, watch me, there's some enemies you just got to outlast. Because for three days and three nights, Jesus looked like a complete and total and utter failure. But when he did what God's will was, early on a Sunday morning, they went to go check on him where they buried him. And for some of you, you're going back to check on stuff that you buried. And what you don't understand is when you go check on it, it ain't going to be there no more. Why? Because when I go back to check on it, what I thought was dead is about to come I wish there was somebody in here and somebody online where you've had some stuff that 2020 killed, that 2020 murdered. But you know, when I go back and check it this next time, it's going to be. So Joshua has to take territory because doing God's will requires work. Doing God's will requires walking. Doing God's will requires taking territory. Doing God's will is not just sitting back. Listen, I rebuke you people who grew up in church. Tell me I'm waiting on the Lord. I rebuke that. You are not waiting on God. God is waiting on you to walk. You are not. I'm just seeing what the Lord going to do. He told you what he wanted. He needs you to walk. And I dare for those of us that are going to make these next 12 months our best 12 to just stand up one time and just walk. Baby, I'm walking and I'm walking on water. Water represents the spirit, which means I'm walking on the spirit. What is the spirit of God? It is the word of God. I'm walking on the word. I'm walking on the word. I'm walking on a And it's scary because I ain't done this before. But watch me do it. <laughs> it's scary because I might fall. But watch me do it. Watch me do it. Be seated. And Joshua, son of none, he's got to take territory. So what does he do? Before he goes into this city called Jericho, he sends two spies. He sends two men secretly from Shittim and spies saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. Listen, here's the principle. When you're getting ready to take territory, spy it out first. You don't just go to war without having researched your enemy. For every business owner, I need you to research your demographics. Come on, can I preach practically this morning? See, if you're talking about moving to another city, how you moving and ain't ever visited? How you haven't looked up the demographics? How come you haven't looked up the jobs report? How come you haven't looked up the housing market? I need you to spy it out. Somebody say, I'm spying out my next. 
Because when I spy it out, it's going to give me the faith to go get it. Because I'm going to look at it and say, baby, that looks like that would work for me. Child, that looks like that would work for me. Man, that looked like that would work. So he sent out the spies. He said, go view the land, especially Jericho. Jericho means this. It means fragrance. To get a fragrance, you have to crush something. Specifically, it means fragrant, which means I am perpetually producing an aroma. To perpetually produce an aroma, in scripture, you had to crush flowers. Let's go. Which means, Jericho means every day I feel like I'm being crushed. Every day. Because I'm fragrant. I'm not a fragrance. A fragrance means I'm done. Fragrant means I'm still being crushed. Who in here and who online, you can be honest that there are some areas in your life where you feel like you are in a literal Jericho. Every day I'm being crushed. But what you don't understand about the crushing is that it's producing your fragrance. If you read your Bible, it talks about certain offerings that would give up a certain aroma. In other words, there's a smell that God is looking for, and that's the smell of your will being crushed to die to his. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Jericho has literally been crushing you so that you can say, God, I don't even want what I want no more. I delight myself in the Lord. And that but you will give me the desires of my heart. Somebody say, Lord, your will, not mine. Your will, not mine. Your will, not mine. So they went and come into the house in Jericho of a woman named Rahab. And the Bible tells us her profession. She is a prostitute. Now, what's interesting is prostitute, by definition, it means, listen, you put your talent, gifts, or abilities to an unrupt or unworthy or corrupt use or purpose for the sake of financial gain. Which means, let me borrow a line from a movie, I'm going to use what I got. <laughs> Come on, Ebony, to get what I want. And here's what's interesting about that. Her reputation becomes the vehicle for her redemption. She, watch me, they went to her because they knew because of her profession she was not going to ask them a lot of questions. See, for some of you, you couldn't figure out, God, why am I in this occupation? I would really like to do something else. God says, I'm about to use your occupation as your vehicle for redemption. You're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. Some of you are like, God, I've been applying for this, applying for that, applying for this, trying to do this. And God said, no, I need you to do something, watch me, that you think is unworthy. I need you to do something that you think is less than what you are. Matter of fact, I know it's less than what you are. I know it's less than what you're qualified for. I know it's less than your degree. I know it's less than your education. I know it's less, but I'm about to use it as a vehicle for your redemption because I'm about to send some people into that job that need to find out about me and if you're not in there they won't know about me I'm about to send somebody to call you on the customer service line you don't like customers nor giving service but God got you doing customer service because I'm about to use you to get to them somebody say he's using my occupation Ooh, that's a good place to praise because many people, you get frustrated with your life if you're not doing what it is you want to do from an occupational standpoint. Now, realizing that God is literally using it and your occupation produces a reputation and that reputation is the vehicle for redemption in your life. See, because they said about her, y'all know Rahab. Yeah, why don't y'all run down to Rahab's house? And what they meant as an epithet like Egypt what they didn't realize is God says, I'm about to use who you think is unusable. I'm about to use who you say can't be used because they had a baby out of wedlock. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. I'm about to use who you say God is done with. What you don't understand is I'm about to start with them. I'm about to use somebody that thought that their life was over because they 50 and they ain't hit it yet. I'm about to show them they 50 is going to be better than their 40s, 30s, 20s, and teens. Put to Her reputation is the vehicle for her redemption because they went to her house because she was a prostitute, so it would have been easy entry. It would have been easy for them to get in there because she wasn't going to ask no questions because she was used to seeing men of the city come in, make a purchase, and walk. But this time it was different. Everybody hear me. Whatever occupation you're in, this time it's different. 
I need you to stop complaining about what you're doing. I don't need you one time to say, I can't wait for God to get me out of this. And instead say, this time it's, God ain't got no faith in this building. Please open your mouth and say, this time it's different. Because Rahab, if you didn't have that job, then they wouldn't have come to you. Listen, if they don't come to you when I destroy the city, I can't protect you. So I literally kept you in something that other people talked about you for. Because it was protection, not punishment. Y'all ain't going to... So from verses 2 through 6, the king sends messengers to search our house. The king says, we have heard that there are these guys from um, uh, these Hebrews that are here. And we heard that they are in your house. And, and, and Rahab says to the king, uh, the king's messengers rather, no, they are not in my house. Matter of fact, they went over there. She hides them and sends messengers. Everybody listen, the wrong way. She tells them, listen, go check the gate because they ran over there by the gate. They ain't here. Now, this is significant because she risked her life for God's plan to live. Because remember what it means to be a prostitute. You put up, up your gifts, talents, skills, and abilities to an unworthy or corrupt use to purpose. Check this out. She says, I've spent my whole life using what I have for my benefit. And if we go deeper, because a lot of people like to judge people who sin differently than you. And see, don't judge people because you say so-and-so sleeps around. You need to pray for them. Yes, that's wrong, but you need to pray for them because you gossip around. And gossip is what the Bible calls murder. You're a murderer with your mouth. I need you to stop thinking you're the moral police. And I need you to work out your own salvation with fear and trust. Stop getting on social media trying to judge other people for stuff you really don't even know what you're talking about. I'm so sick of people with no biblical knowledge trying to get on social media being a biblical expert. Sit down somewhere. You judging people when you got your own issues. You're trying to condemn people to hell when you got your own issues. You're trying to say God hates that, God hates that. He hates your attitude is what he hates. So she tells the king's messengers, hey, they left and uh, they went out the gate. So you got to go get them. What's happening in verse 6, she had brought them up to the roof and she hid them with the stalks of flax. Everybody listen, that means she had to prepare where she hid them. Because the Bible says that she had these stalks of flax up there and she had laid those in order on the roof so she could hide them there. And what's the principle? I need you to catch this principle. Listen to me, Levin King. Here's the principle. She put God first regardless of her current occupation and situation. Does God come second to the job he gave you? It got quiet right there. Y'all shouting a minute ago, talking about I win, you win, we win. Does God sit second because of your current situation? You say, God, I ain't praying today because I'm going through a lot. What sense does that make? God, I ain't going to church today because I'm going through a lot. You need it the most. Are you getting what I'm saying? She put God first. And there's these five T's I teach you. Leave that scripture right there of your time. Say church attendance. Talent. Say serving in church. Testimony. Say inviting people to church. Thirst, say prayer, praise, and worship. All right, and treasure, say faithful to giving. Those five T's, they're on our website. I've taught them several times before. Those are the things God says to put first. Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Listen to me. God never says to put him first. He says put what's important to him first, and by doing that, you put him first. In other words, God says, I will know you love me because you do what I say. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Like, follow my word, and that's proof you love me. Your hollering and screaming is nice. Your worship is nice. Your tears are nice. But what's better is doing what I said. So what does she do? She put God first. Now listen, she's got a scandalous rep. And for all of you who say, you know what? I'm just working through so much and I'm just going so much. I got, God is like, listen, the principles work if you work them. Here she is known as the town whole house. It's the town whorehouse. Everybody goes when, when they, you know. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. <laughs> I'm going to stop right there. 
I'm going to stop right there. Look, she said, I'm going to put God's plan above my plan. Because notice what she didn't try to do. Turn those men into customers. Ooh. Have you turned somebody you were supposed to minister to into somebody you got married to? I wonder, did you convert somebody in your life that you were supposed to lead to Jesus and you led them to your house? I wonder. You got to be careful that you don't convert what you're supposed to minister to into something that you are yoked to. That's a whole word right there. So she puts God first. She's like, listen, I know my occupation says that, you know, that you know, this is some ranch and stuff going on. And she said, listen, listen, let's just for a moment put ourselves in her shoes. So that type of uh, industry in scripture and even today was typically something that was learned, which means it was probably generational, which means she probably saw this in her bloodline, which means while people were busy judging her, calling her a prostitute, what they didn't know is her mama showed her how to do it. What they didn't know is her mama showed her how to do it. What they didn't know is her daddy was the one putting her out on the block. I wish you would talk. <laughs> Bishop, how do you know that? I'm going to show you in a minute. I'm going to show you in a minute. I'm going to show you in a minute. Because while she had that business, her daddy was at the house living off the money. It's quiet in the church. So listen, what's the principle? Listen, she put God first regardless of her current occupations and situations, and that's the principle that you and I must do regardless of our past and even regardless of our present stuff. How many of you can be honest? You got some stuff you're working through. That's everybody. If you're handing up, you're a liar, so that's your stuff. Quit lying. All right? So look, 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 look. She had brought them up. Look at verse 9. She said to the men, I know the Lord has given you the land. Now look, Rahab ain't even a Hebrew. So contextually, that means she's not a Christian. She's not a believer, right? But she says, based on who you are, that tells me what you can do. And sometimes it will take somebody that's going to come from a foolish place to help point out to you what's unique about you. God used Rahab to say to these men, I know the Lord has given you the land. Based on who you are, tells me what you can do. And the fear of you has fallen upon us, and, and all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. Check this out. Check this out. She's like, we know that your God is somebody bad. Bad in a good way. Like, we know that, like, he don't play. And I feel really bad for the people who have done you wrong. Because they're about to find out that your God don't play. That's why I need you not to clap back because she's going to get them. I need, you, no, uh -uh. I need you not to be bitter. I need you to let it go. Matter of fact, if you walked in here with some bitterness, I need you to put both of your hands up online. Put both of your hands up. Say, I release all bitterness. I release all hurt. And I release all pain. Look at this, verse 10. For we heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, uh, whom you devoted to destruction. Check this out. She's bringing up old stuff. The Red Sea? Baby, that was decades ago. What you don't know is God's not going to waste any of your resume. I need you to catch that. Everything you've gone through, even the stuff you did and God didn't do, He's going to use it. See, you didn't understand why you had to go through two bad relationships. But God says you're going to use that because you're going to be anointed to speak to other people to see them, to help them see crazy and cross the street. Let me try over here. You didn't know why you had to be abandoned. But God says, I had to take you through a process so that you would learn that I would never leave you. I would never forsake you. I would always be there with you. Everything you've been through, somebody said, God's going to use it all. I He's going to mop it up, sop it up with a biscuit. Everything on that plate. God says, I'm about to use what happened in your teens, what happened in your 20s, what happened in your 30s, what happened in your 40s, what happened at McDonald's, what happened on your corporate job, what happened in your... Everything that's happened, I'm going to use it. Rahab says, we heard about y'all. Y'all are some bad... Shut your mouth. Look, verse 11. 
And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. And there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he was the God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Jericho is a city. Can I go deep? Jericho is a city that literally engages in pagan worship. Jericho is named after a particular goddess, the goddess of the moon, in that particular type of paganistic religion, which is significant because that means Rahab has not been taught Hebrew. She's not been taught Bible, if you will, if we contextualize it for modern times. Rahab doesn't know about their God, except she hears about their victories. Why is it important that you win in these next 12? Because some people, they're going to study your wins to meet your God. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. What did Rahab said? He is God in the heavens above and the earth beneath. She wasn't taught that because in Jericho she was taught to worship the moon. But when she meets these two spies that Joshua sent, she said, we know your God is God. And for some of you in here, I need you to know everybody's about to look at your life and say, God's with them. God's with him. How did you make it from the bottom to the top? God's with him. How is it you got promoted while other people are getting laid off? God's with him. How is it that you're prospering in the middle of a pandemic? God is with him. Please lay your hands to yourself. Say, God is with me. So here's the principle. <clears throat> Joshua 2.11. As soon as we what? Heard it. It's on the screen. As soon as we what? Heard it. I need you all to talk to me like an army. As soon as we what? Heard it. Check this out. Don't get mad when people talk. How many of you have been talked about in a negative way? How many of you made you mad? How many of you clapped back? Listen, can we have a real honest moment? How many of you cussed back? Thank you for you. Come on, let's be honest. Don't be in church lying. No, I called him and gave him scripture. <laughs> you maybe gave him scripture after you said some other stuff. When you're real, you can heal. 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 Most of us get mad. And here's what we start doing. We try to fight with facts their fiction. How she going to say that? I did this. I did this. That. Look, I got the receipts, Bishop. Look, I did this. I did this. I did this. I got this. Nah, nah, nah. I was at the airport yesterday. And I watched this happen. I was in Dallas, Fort Worth, on my way back here. And, and in the airport, I, I heard a lady get loud. And people started turning. Now, I learned to mind my own business. <laughs> Some of y'all, if you stop turning your head, you stop getting involved in stuff that ain't none of your business. So everybody else, what's going on down there? I'm like, I nothing. They got nothing to do with me. I'm going to get on this plane. I got to get home. Got church in the morning. And so it, it dies down a little bit, and then she rose back up. And I mean, she hollering, she screaming, she cussing right there in the middle of the concourse. And, you know, listen, so I ear hustled. Don't judge me. I listen to the conversation. I said, well, what's going on down there? I ain't turning around, but I'm sure finna listen. I don't like how y'all judging me in this building. I don't like it. Come on, digital campuses, y'all back me up. They judging me in here. So I'm just, and she, I mean, she's going and she's going. She, that ain't even true. That ain't even right. Bleep, 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 bleep. Look, Maury, look, Maury. You know, it's, it's going. And it's going. And while it's going, I see this emotion. What she was really mad about is somebody she loved lied on her and then kept her stuff. So she in the middle of the airport acting a fool over something she should have been shouting about. <laughs> what do you mean? See, the scripture said that when they heard about what happened, that the hearts melted. That means their mind went everywhere and the spirit left them. That means they had no morale to fight. Check this out. See, don't get mad when people talk because when people talk, it's defeating enemies you've never met. You missed it. All they did was run tail that. And when they ran and told that, people who were ready to fight Joshua and them said, uh-uh, we ain't going to fight them. We ain't going to start nothing with them. And for some of you, you need to be grateful people have been talking about you. Why? It's been taking your name into rooms you... It's been taking your name into front of, in front of folk that got the power to bless you. 
I'm defeating some enemies I'm never going to have to fight, but my reputation is going to shut them down. My reputation is going to close that door. Look, don't get mad when they talk. Don't be like that girl in the airport last night. Right? Because Joshua never had to fight them. His reputation fought for him. What he did to them other two kings made the new king scared. Excuse me. What you have done the first 10 months of this year got the next 12 months scared. What you have done this last 30 days has the enemy on the run. I need you to realize your reputation is about to fight for you. Your character is about to fight for you. Your integrity is about to fight for you. Your praise is about to fight for you. Your consistency is about to fight for you. Yeah. Joshua never ever had to fight anybody. His reputation took them down. You're not getting it. You're not getting it, so I'm going to stay right here for another 10 seconds, and this is coming out of your time, not my time. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I love you, church. I'm just joking. I love you. When people talk, you three, come here. Come here. Come here, hat. Didn't nobody tell me it was hat day in the harvest worship. Oh, you didn't get your memo either. I'm the pastor, and ain't nobody told me. It's, it's lots of hats over here. Wow. All right, look. look. Y'all remember the telephone? Can I stay with me? I need you to move it. Ooh, I know it's messed up. <laughs> I, I said two words. Is she talking about what? I'm going to show you something. I told that man two words. I said, I'm blessed. She talking about somebody blessed and highly favored and working somebody's nerves. You missed the principle. All you did was one thing, but by the time it get to your enemy, by the time it get to your enemy, it's going to be a whole lot more. All you did was be faithful one time, and it's about to be a whole lot more. Give him a praise right there. By the time my enemy hears it, they're going to think I'm a giant. By the time my... By the time your enemy hears it, it's going to be way more than what you did. And you're going to be listening saying, I did that. I did that. I did that. And it's going to defeat some enemies you're never going to have to face in person. I need you to tell thank you to everybody that you know been running their mouth about you. Tell them thank you. Because you defeated some enemies for me I'm never going to have to see. You defeated some enemies for me I'm never going to have to deal with. The next time somebody talking about you, send them a thank you card and a Starbucks gift card. Say, go have some Coca-Cola on me. Go have some coffee on me. Thank you for blessing. Let's go. Let's go. So look, I got to move. I'm almost done. Verse 11. Soon we heard it. Our hearts melted. Heart in scripture means mind. So means our mind melted. It turned into water. Our minds went everywhere when we heard about you. The rep about you is you turning the world upside down. The rep is about you is that when you pray, things change. <laughs> On Friday night, when they're at the gala, I'm just bringing this up because it's recent. It's on my mind. Um, um, the host who wasn't there in the sessions that day, the host calls me up. He says, Bishop, will you pray and bless all that and all that? And when I get up, he says, he says, um, I don't know why I'm saying this. He said, but this is a miracle man. And he said, if you get close to him, he said, if you get close to him, he says, you're you, you going to get a miracle. And other people are clapping and all that and all that. And all that. A lady comes up to me. At the end, she comes up. You know, in the South, physical distancing is just nice suggestions. Because they ain't doing it. She walked up to me. 
shook my hand. I said, I'm just, I'm just joking. And she begins to tell me about somebody. And we pray. 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 Somebody say, testimony coming. Check this out. I didn't have to announce who I was. My reputation spoke. Uh-uh, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. I need you to lift your hand and say, say, my reputation will precede me. Say, it is going to be massive. Say, because Genesis 12 says, God makes my name great. I got to finish. I got to finish. So look at verse 12. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord. As I have dealt kindly with you, you also deal kindly with my father's house. Rahab was like, look, I have spent my whole life trying to get personal gain. And I've used my gifts, talents, skills, and ability for an unworthy or corrupt purpose. This is a, now I'm using it for God. Everybody listen to me. If what you're doing has no God centricity to it, I promise you it will not last. Stop talking about, I heard this going to be a good, look, baby, where is God in that? How is that advancing the kingdom? How is that changing lives? How is that getting people to God? Because you better hear me. If we didn't learn anything else this year, this year has taught us that life is precious and it's like a vapor and it can change just like that. So look, she says, if I dealt kindly with you, I need y'all to deal kindly with who? My father's house. Uh-oh, what does this teach us? That her daddy was right there, alive. Getting the checks. Sometimes, let me go here, you have enablers because they benefit from what you do. They benefit from you being broken. That's why when you started coming to church, they talked about you. Because now you ain't broke in, anymore like you used to be. Now that you're getting your life right with God, you're not the way you used to be. And so now that's what scares them. What scares the heaven, hell, and earth out of them is when you were in your right mind. Because when you were crazy, they were benefiting from you. When you were depressed, they were benefiting from you. When you had anxiety, they were better. But not, I need you to say, but it's on now. So what happens? Ephesians 6, 8, knowing that whatever good anyone does, that he will receive, this he receive back from the Lord. In other words, what I make happen for God's house, God makes happen for my house. What did Rahab do? She made God's thing happen. So God made her thing happen. Who brokered the deal? She did. What does this represent? Prayer. Rahab prayed. And said, God, if you do this for me, I need you to protect my house. Because I know you're about to take this city, and I don't want to be one of the ones that get destroyed. Did you catch that? So, all right, so let's go, let's go, let's go. Look, 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 verse 15. So she let them down. This is where I almost fell out last experience. She let them down by a rope through the window. For her house was built into the city wall, so she lived in the wall. Question! If you are in the prostitution business, you don't want to be off in the back. You want to be out all in front of everybody so that everybody can come partake of your offerings. Here's what I love about this. Somebody say two things. The first thing is that God kept her in the wall because he didn't want everybody to know what she was going through. See, for some of you, you need to be glad that God didn't give you the elevation you wanted yet. He didn't give you the visibility you wanted yet. God says, I'm keeping you in the wall because there's some stuff in you I still need to work out. And I need to keep you covered. I know you want to be a shooting star, but shooting stars fall fast. I'm keeping you in the wall so you can stay covered. There's some stuff about your character that needed to be developed. There's some stuff about your attitude that needed to be fixed. There's some stuff about how you handle business that needed to change. But then here's the second thing. She lived in the wall because God needed to get those men out of the city safely. Because she made the deal with those men who later go back and tell Joshua we made a deal with her. Joshua was about to destroy the city, and if those men don't tell the deal that was just made, then Rahab's house is not protected. 
I need you to see the depth of this. Check this out. You're about to find out why you had to live where you live. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Listen, for many of you like God, I've been trying to get out of this city for years. Why hasn't it changed? God says, ah, you're about to find out why you had to live where it is that you live. And for some of you, it's not a physical location in life. It's a location uh, 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 from a psychological standpoint. It's a location from a financial standpoint. It's a location from an emotional standpoint. And God says, you're about to find out why I kept you where I kept you because there's a reason for it. There's somebody I needed to get to you that you're going to get to me. And that's why I kept you there. I kept you in that city. I kept kept you on that job. I, some of you have been trying to move for months and Corona came and shut it down and you're like, God, this isn't fair. God is like, that's exactly what needed to happen because I kept you where I kept you because you're about to find out why. You've been looking at where you live as a sentence. When it wasn't a sentence, watch me, it was your salvation. Because had you got to that city any earlier, child, you wasn't ready. You would have been out there just to See, if you weren't new, when you go into a new place, you're going to turn a new place into an old place. So he made you new in an old place. So when you get to a new place, you're going to be brand new. Ooh, I need you to say every delay was to my benefit. It, I'm glad it didn't happen when I wanted it to happen. I wasn't ready, but I feel this in the spirit. Please say this, say, but now I'm ready. Say, now he's ready. Say, let's go. You're about to find out why you had to live where you currently live and why you couldn't get out of it when you wanted out of it. Some of you are like, man, I'm supposed to be five years further along. Mm -mm. God says, I left you where you were for a while because what you, what you plan to take five years, this ain't for everybody. I'll know by your praise if it's for you. I'll have that done by December 31st, 2020. Whatever, you can look at me like that if you want to. First Samuel 3, 19, he will not let one of these words fall to the ground. You were taking, planning on five years. God says that'll be done by New Year's Eve. So look, so look, Bishop, why you got to stand so much? Life and death in the power of your tongue. Why you got us praising so much? Your praise is a weapon. So that way you're telling whatever was trying to come mess with you when you walk out of this building, back up. Whatever's trying to mess with you when you log off of this stream, you're telling it to back up. My praise is a weapon. So look at this. In Joshua chapter 6, they get ready to go to the city. I'm done. They go to the city and they're about to, just, about to take the city. And Joshua, he's a what? Military man. So he's making military plans. Joshua's like, okay, we're going to need these weapons. We're going to need to do this. And God is like, Joshua, you're not going to actually fight this battle that way. Because I'm going to use Rahab and the information she gave you. The people that, watch me, the woman the people said couldn't be used. She gave you some inside information. And that inside information is about to change your battle plan. See, your battle plan was based on the things you've had to fight before. This time, you are not going to need weapons to take the city. All you're going to need is to keep walking. Keep doing what you've been doing. And so y'all know the story. What does God tell Joshua? He says, y'all walk around the city. He says, get the priests. Get the men of God. He says, get the, get the singers. Get the Levites. Tell everybody to get ready. And he says, I need y'all to walk around that city. I need y'all to walk around that city. He says, I need you to walk on that, around that city for a few days. And he said, then when you get to the last day, I need you to walk harder. I need you to walk on that seventh day. I need you to walk seven times around that city. In other words, right before I give it to you, things are going to be intense. Right before I give it to you, things are going to be hardest. Right before I give it to you, things are going to be rough. Right before I give it to you, things are going to be hard. Right before I give it to you, things are going to be tough. Right before I give it to you, things are going to be rough. But I'm about to put it in your hands. I'm about to put it in your hands. Ah! I'm about to put it in your hands. I'm about to put it in your hands. Wait a minute. Stop. But wait, but wait, but wait. So we are not going to need swords? Uh-uh. Rahab gave you some information to tell you how to fight this battle. You're not going to need a sword. You're just going to need a shout. And the Bible says they blew the shofar. What does that do? It calls things in order. And then the Bible says, and the people shouted with a loud shout, and the walls of the city just crumbled 
Now that don't make natural sense, but that's because I'm in a supernatural season. Let me try y'all because they didn't hear what I said. It doesn't make natural sense, but that's because I'm in a supernatural season. This is going to be a November to remember. It doesn't make natural sense, but this is a supernatural season. So on that seventh day, what does seven represent? Seven represents completion. God says, I completed some things in you, and now that I've completed some things in you, I'm ready to give you Jericho. I'm ready to get what was crushing you is about to be. What was crushing you is about to be. What was stressing you out is about to be your place of success. What was making you want to throw in the towel is about to be the... So they walk around, and when they walk around, when they walk around, they get to it, and they're looking at the walls, and the walls are still there. This is not for everybody, so don't participate in this if you want November to be like every other month of your life. Listen to me, do not participate in what I'm about to say to do if you want the rest of this month to be like every other month in your life. All right? So they're standing there, and they're like, the walls didn't come down. What's going on? God says, uh-uh, Joshua, this battle won't be like the last one. Rahab gave you some top secret BS 13 type information. You're not going to win this one with a sword. You're going to win this one with your walk. What's that? My consistency. And you're going to win this with what? Your shout. That's my praise. You're going to win this one with your consistency and your praise. So, but just for those of us that know some walls are coming down. Just for those of us that know some walls are coming down. On the count of three, I want you to shout like that thing's going to fall by the end of this month. One. Are y'all ready? Two. Are y'all ready? One, two, one, two, three. Shout. 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 Now, some of you say, Bishop, I don't believe in all of that. That's fine. You won't see it. Bishop, I ain't shouting. That's too much. That's fine. You won't see it. I bet you that's what some people said when Joshua was hollering at them walls. Until all of a sudden, stuff started falling. To all of a sudden, catch it, catch it. To all of a sudden, stuff started falling. To all of a sudden, stuff that was in the way, knock it back down, put it back down. To all of a sudden, stuff that was in the way was out of the way. Put it down. Everybody look at me. Say, this fight won't be like the last one. Say, my consistency's fighting. And my praise is fighting. So once Joshua, the, the walls come down, Joshua and them step on in there. Y'all remember that thing on TikTok, the stinky walk? They walk in there. And when they walk in there, the Bible says, then they burn the city with fire, everything in it. Remember who lived in the walls? Rahab. So wait a minute, wait, 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 stop. Rahab, she lived in the walls. The walls came down. Rahab gone. God, dog, didn't nobody tell me nothing. I need you to say, but wait. <laughs> say it again, say, but wait. <laughs> because while God may have crushed Jericho, he's not crushing you. Look. But Rahab, the prostitute, the one everybody else talked about, the one everybody else judged, the one everybody else said God ain't going to use you, the one that said everybody else, your struggle makes you disqualified. God says to her and her father's house and everybody that belonged to her, Joshua saved alive. Which means before they shouted, they snuck her out. And some of you, what happened so quickly in your life when people just disappeared? And it happened like that, as God says, I'm about to crush them. I need you up out of that. Mm, mm, mm. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. God says, I ended that friendship because I'm about to crush her. I'm about to crush them. I'm about to shut that down. I snuck you out of there. 
And she lived where? It's on the screen. In Israel. He takes her from, from pain, Jericho, crushing. If you're getting crushed, that's painful. He tucks her from pain into what? Purpose. He tucks her from pain and crushing into conquering and promise. Check this out. You ain't even from here, uh, Rahab. You're not even from here, but you're living in the finest land. In the, mm -mm. For some of you, your next, you're going to show up and people going to be like, you ain't even from here, but you fit here. You're going to walk on the job, and you're going to walk in there like you own the place. You're going to walk to the car lot like you own the place. You're going to walk into the banker like you. Why did God do it? Because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. And so listen, here it is, I'm done. Why did God do it? Because she put him first. She says, my current occupation and situation, that's not going to stop me from putting you first. I'm not where I want to be. I'm not. Who can say that? I'm not. But I'm certainly not where I. So what am I doing? I'm walking. What am I doing? I'm walking. That's what I'm doing. Somebody say, I'm just walking. I'm walking. I'm not trying to run with you because I'm not trying to keep up with you. This is my walk with the Lord. Woo! This is my walk with the Lord. I'm not trying to compete with you because you know 400 scriptures. That's good. I'll be there. But right now I know Jesus wept. <laughs> right now I know all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose somebody say I'm walking watch me she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho she put him first and look at what James says about this woman that everybody else said wasn't worth nothing who's ever been told you ain't about nothing you ain't worth nothing ain't gonna be nothing your daddy wasn't nothing, you ain't gonna be nothing, your mom wasn't nothing, you ain't gonna be nothing. You crazy. Let me help you with that. In the same way, here it is, thousands of years later. Do we know Rahab's daddy's name? Nope. Do we know the messenger's name? Nope. Whose name we know? Rahab. Whose name do we know? The one voted most uh, least likely to succeed. The one that everybody looked at in high school and said, I don't know about her. They're about to read about you. Shut up. Uh-uh. The same ones that used to tease you and say you were too light, you were too dark, you were too fat, you were too this, you were too that. They're about to see your God. God, I got to quit. I'm out of time. Look. She was justified by her works when she received the messages and sent them in another way. Verse 26, for the body is dead from the spirit. Or from, uh, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead. That means the only reason your body is alive is because your spirit's there. Your spirit is your subconscious mind. He says, so is faith without works. Here's what a lot of Christians do. We talk it. But we don't walk it. So we say, this is going to be my best 12. And then you walk out of here and do nothing new. You say, I believe God's going to, this is my November to remember. But you're doing the same old stuff that you do remember. And I need you to just get up. Come on, let's go back to the conference and walk. Come on. Get up. And I need you to say this and walk. Make this declaration over your life. Say your first and last name. Say, get up and walk. Say, do it. Look at me. Look at me. Say, do it. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives 
to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do... I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.